What's going on, everybody? Today is another podcast, and it's pretty exciting when we haven't done one in a while. Seen a lot of March Madness, but today's podcast is really about the NFL. And while we're in school, grades are, go- are going to give grades to all the NFL free agency teams. Okay, so starting off, I want to start off with uh, Patriots. They made a lot of moves early, but um, I'm not so satisfied with a lot of moves. They made it a lot of good signings. Matt Judon, I think, was a little bit overpaid. We'll get into that later. I just want to recap. Why do you think they signed Cam Newton back? I I think they just believe in him. I I would I don't agree with that signing at all. I I my personal opinion, he's not good. He's not good at all, and he just went down. He's de- decreased as a player, and he's not ever gonna get back to that MVP standard. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on Cam. I like Cam, but he's just not what he used to be, and I don't think he ever will be what he used to be. I agree. And Don't lag that Okay. So, something else I want to point out before Don gets back in, we hand it over to him about his opinion. Uh, I want to point out right. the Patriots had all this cap space. Why do, why do they go after Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar that's trying to sign a big temporary Samuel or Juju or Galladay or even try and get in the mix and try and maybe trade for Allen Robinson? Yeah. Like, what, what is their mind? What is what are they? What is Belichick thinking in the office right now? Well, why not scope after one of these big receivers and go well, after someone? like I think Belichick Warner. wants to save his cap. He doesn't want to blow it all in one year, even though it might look like he did. Allen Robinson, as he said, wants a huge contract. Nothing like Kendrick Bourne or any other receivers that they signed. I think they wanted to take a pay cut on players that could be a little bit more like Allen Robinson. For example, Kendrick Bourne. Plays a lot like the guy. Has good hands, a good route runner, plus speed. Uh, I think if you fit him into the right scheme with Jacoby Myers and Gunnar Olowitzki, then he can really stand out for much of a less price tag. Yeah, Yeah, and I personally, they signed so many free agents, and a couple of them, I just don't know about them. I... I say they go after one big star and cut off two of their free agents. And that's not saying, like, uh, the star takes a pay cut or anything. I say one of the two most, um, the two signings that were the most, like, I don't want to say useless, but ones that didn't need to happen, I think they cut those off and get one player that is going to make a huge impact Yeah, but you have to think about the scheme and what Belichick likes to do. When is the last time the Patriots had an absolute stud player other than Tom Brady? One that was one of the best in their league at the position. Yeah, I I think they're just great all around. I can't remember. They're great all around. They like to patch everything up then rather than having something really good, like their offense, and maybe taking a little bit of a hit on the defense. They but this is what well this is. Something I want to point out, though, something I want to point out that's very, I think very, I think dumb by this organization, is they go after Johnny Smith, who was a great tight end, don't get me wrong. The next day, they go after Hunter Henry. There's mm-hmm. no point in doing that. No, they yeah. like two tight ends. If you look at their past, and if you look at their scheme, they are a very compact offense. Yeah, but uh, why give them Rob Hernandez? Deal. Tight ends are their wide receivers. So they got Yeah, that Henry. is true. 
they like to play two tight ends. They play two tight ends the most in the league. They play two tight ends about 60% of their snaps. And when you have two powerhouse tight ends like that on good deals, your future is looking really good. Yeah, but yeah. Not, yeah. Like, they've had good tight ends in the past. They haven't had good receivers in the past. They've had Julian Edelman, pretty good. He's not great, but they've had they've had Gronk. They've, you know, they've had those, and they're they're used to that. And tight ends, like Dylan said, are their receivers. That's how they get through their offense. Yeah. passing wise, they're not a yeah. team like the Chiefs that has absolute speedsters, um, and plays five wide every play. They they're compact. They like to run the ball. They like to go up front. They're not a pass first offense. Um, yeah, and also they have like a couple run. good running backs that are just going to yeah, get James the job. James White, done. Damian Harris. A mm. lot of good running backs that fit well into their scheme. So for the final three, um, what do you guys think? I give are... the Patriots an A. Uh, I'm going to give them an A minus. I think that they could have used their space mm-hmm. more wisely. I'm starting to think I agree with the tight end signing for. Uh, Matt Judon, I think that was not a great deal. Four years, $56 million. That That doesn't uh, meet up to the standards of the man, as I think, with what I would have done. Now, but if the I'm Giants would have got him, what do you yeah, think Jack, we were him? wanting him really badly. What, what do you think I the know, Giants would have paid him? Because I think the Giants probably would have paid him. Probably the same. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because if we were, we re signed Leonard Williams and we didn't have, after we signed Galladay, we wouldn't have had the cap to sign him and drew down to a deal like that. Mm-hmm. And we weren't yeah. going, we weren't going to go after him. It was something we all wanted, but it wasn't something we all really, Gettleman found that we needed. I think yeah. that, well, it, it didn't happen, so we can't say what they would have done, but I, I give the Patriots final grade A minus. I'm giving them an A, and I think it would have been an A plus with a couple. Of those signings just not happening and getting one more big piece. I know Dylan said, like, that's, like, not what their thing is. I think they just need a – they rounded out their team really nicely. So, and I – pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go one step ahead, and I'm going to grade them an A+. Great job by the Patriots using their cap space. I mean, as I said, it's not their mojo getting these big superstars uh, like the Browns or the Chiefs. They like to well out their team and let the coaching drive them. They have a great yeah. coaching staff, and they make everybody on their team better. And that's why so many people want to sign there, because they get their around good personnel and good coaching, uh, and it makes them a better player. And they can, yeah. uh, they can elevate their level of play just by having these mediocre players like Jalen Mills, Kendrick Bourne, Jonu Smith, and make them superstars uh, and all-stars. Yeah, and one more thing I want to say. They put players in the right situation uh, to succeed, and that's what they did this offseason, A+. Yeah, and one more thing is another person that makes everyone better is Tom Brady, as we know that, that he made the Patriots better with not great receivers. But they don't have that this year. They have Cam Newton, and they had that last year, and they did not see success. So that's just one more thing I wanted to point out. All right, so next team I want to do – is the New York Jets. I think that some of their signings, I think, I don't think they did that. Like, Corey Davis was a great signing. He's a very good receiver, one or not great. Uh, yeah, a very good receiver, two or a pretty good receiver, one. I just think that he's going to need to fit in with a QB. They draft Zach Wilson. That'll be nice. And then Davis, but he, uh, Corey, A.J. Brown, for the last two seasons, has been their wide receiver, one. 
Jets don't have a wide receiver one like AJ Brown. If they're gonna want, if if Corey Davis, if they're gonna want Corey Davis to perform well, they're they're, they're gonna need to get a QB or Darnold Nick and step the hell up to get this team in shape. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure it's gonna be Darnold because they're gonna draft Wilson, and a lot of analysts are saying after the pro day that Zach Wilson had throwing on the run, he is so comparable to Patrick Mahomes that. The draft starts at number three, and the Jets are almost a lot to take him. So I'm thinking uh, if you get Denzel Mims uh, some reps, Jamison Crowder in the slot, and Corey Davis, that's a really good and solid wide receiving core, especially Mm -hmm. uh, with the signing of Tevin Coleman, um, an explosive uh, person in the backfield. The offense is looking good. And especially with the um, coach hiring of Robert Sala, that is also free agency. So you got to think of all the moves that round out their offense uh, and round out yeah. their team. I think this is a really good offseason for the Jets. Yeah, it was good. But um, Trey, uh, not Trey Anderson, um, uh, what's his name? What, who'd they get again? Uh, uh, Shaq Law- uh, what Was it Lawson? They got. I think they got Lawson, so I I may be wrong, but they, I knew they signed an edge, and I think I think it was Shaq Lawson, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But we signed him to a pretty big deal, and they Jets as a team right now they are looking. If they get Zach Wilson, they want Zach Wilson to progress earlier than most quarterbacks do. Robert Sala, he um is a great for the 49ers. Um, not head coach, but he was a great. Coach for the Niners. I just think that Zach Wilson, they're going to want him to progress back than other QBs do. And like other QBs do, um, Mr. Uh, Dylan, your dad said this the other day, um, the, the QBs normally have their best, their best season in their third season. I think the Jets are going to want Zach Wilson to, to have like, his season to lead them in – if not his back half of his rookie or even his start of his second. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying because the Jets are rounding out their team. They're not going to win next year. They might not even win the year after. But they're competing yeah. for the 2022, 2023, 2024 uh, NFL seasons because that's when Wilson's going to be in his prime. That's when the receivers are going to grow up. That's when maybe they tank a little for the first one or two years of Wilson. Uh, and their team really rounds together, and they have to hit on all their draft picks. Uh, yes, and flipping back to the defensive side, the signing of Carl Lawson uh, and Gerard Davis, that is, uh, that's great improvement. Uh, if any Jets fans are watching, you, you're trending in the right direction. All right. Next, yeah, you are. Next and team I want to point out is the New York Giants. We, we have to give them grades. We have to give them oh, yeah, grades. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Uh, Jets grade. Uh, I'm going to go B+. Plus. Yeah, I was going to go that, too. I'm going to go B+. Plus, and for one reason, I think they could have done better at rounding it out more. I feel like uh, they could have done more of what the Patriots did and get way more people around that were either mediocre or... Yeah, and I agree to that. And one more thing I want to point out. They have a terrible running back core. They should mm-hmm. sign someone like Matt Breida, 
Kevin Coleman. Uh, no, they, I think they did sign they Kevin signed Coleman. They signed Kevin Coleman. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> Kevin Coleman, I think that was a good thing, but I think they could have stepped it up a t- t- notch more to get a better running back uh, with Ty Johnson. But Kevin Coleman is a good signing for them. Um, yeah, be- because Kevin Coleman, I feel like, has always been a backup, and I don't think he's going to be great as, like, the main running back. I, I think he's always yeah, been um, great, great that, second step. I'm going to give them an A-, just because I think their head coach is a really, really good one. Uh, it is light years better than Adam Gates ever will be as a head coach. So I'm yes. just gonna give them an A plus, uh, an A minus. That no. and from the signing of these little players that you may not have heard of, um, for instance, Sheldon Rankins, a really good defensive tackle, and Keenan Cole, uh, a speedster, uh, from the Jaguars. These little signings can make um all the difference. All right, moving on to the other New York teams, New York Giants. I'm a New York Giants fan, but I am more than happy with this offseason that we've done. Signing Kenny yeah, Galladay was, was one of the main things I wanted. And uh, Leonard Williams, great re-sign after the franchise tag. I think that restructuring that deal got us Galladay because we were, we were paying him like, what, $15, 16000000 million over that one season. That cap hit was off the charts. So... Us signing Galladay and then signing Adoree Jackson, who I honestly think did not get a chance at cornerback there. I just think that he didn't he didn't get a chance to show what he did. He tore he got hurt last season, but I think that we signed him three years, thirty nine million. A lot of people are saying overpaid. I think that we could have paid him a bit less, but if he turns out to be a sign like Stephon Gilmore, everyone thought he was overpaid. Five years, sixty million. 65 million from the Dolphins. He turned out to be. He turned out to be great. I'm not saying George yeah. Jackson's going to be Stephon Gilmore, but if we sign him three years, 40 million, just like Bradbury last year, he can turn out to be something really good. And then our, our secondary can be top seven in the league. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so after half of the free agency, I saw like we see our offense like and our defense just progressing. Uh, our offense, our wide receivers, running backs, and quarterback. And then secondary. And Kyle Rudolph. All good. Yeah. And then just one thing I just wish we did, and we've been needing this so long, just offensive line. I'm sure they're going to draft an offensive lineman, I hope. but Or maybe like a wide receiver. I don't know. But offensive line, come on, man. Like, we're getting pressured, and Daniel Jones is good out of the pocket. He's fast, but. I don't know if we'll be able to escape with this type of offensive line, especially like, you know. I mean, yeah, the recent years. It's not an immediate need. I mean, when you have the weapons, uh, Sterling Shepard, Slayton, the new edition of Galladay, Barkley, for Daniel Jones, you can't go wrong. There's This is the year that Daniel Jones has to step up. There's no more excuses that you didn't have, you know, superstars on your team or you didn't have a good scheme because you have Joe Judge. And Jason Garrett, as much as I hate the dude, he's a pretty good offensive mind. Yeah, but one thing I want to point out is that our second-round pick this year, uh, I, I, we, we, this script just dropped as a very good class. Gentlemen, I, I loved you over this offseason. I hated you every single other year. This offseason, you really started to, to get better. But, gentlemen... Please draft Wyatt Davis in the second round of this draft. 
he is a stud that will be there at the 43rd overall or 44th overall pick. He will be there. And if we need him to play guard, because Andrew Thomas, he had basically one leg last season. He comes back after surgery. Nate Solder comes back, who we've seen play well under Tom Brady's or um, uh, protecting Tom Brady as a winning Patriot. And now if we draft Wyatt Davis for the right guard, let's just say we got Pitts, or, we, or let's just say we get Pitts or Waddle or Smith, I don't know, in the first round, then I will be more than happy with this offense and we will be a playoff team this year. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to this season, especially especially seeing our off season. Um, I think everything's coming together, and like Dylan said, I I don't think there's many excuses for Daniel Jones. Uh, and I think he has to show out this season, or else something's not gonna go well this off season for him, Final or the grade. next off season. Final grades. Uh, Dylan, you go first. You're not the Giants fan. A plus plus plus. Yeah, so I'm gonna give the Giants a B plus on their offseason grade. Uh, just because the signing of Kenny Galladay was a really good one, uh, and it was meant to happen. He's a very good fit in New York. I am not pleased uh, about seeing him two times a year burn the Cowboys' uh, horrible secondary. Yeah, I think so this is I'm just gonna... their coaching is a bit shaky still. I still like Joe Judge. But I think they could get a little bit better in their personnel. Uh, this team plays tough, and I don't think they really match their scheme to who they signed. I mean, if you look at Leonard Williams, I think he was a bit overpaid. Um, had a yes. breakout season, and he may or may not pull a Landon Collins. And Dory Jackson, mm-hmm. as I said, you don't pay someone three years, $25 million that, as you said, Jack, didn't have a chance to play. Like, you don't know what he's capable of. And that could be good and bad. But I think he's a bit overpaid and may not turn out as expected. Yeah, and I'm just going to point out one thing. The Giants, um, the recent years haven't been great. So I feel like with some of these bigger names, you kind of have to overpay them to get them to sign here. Yeah, and... Like, Adoree Jackson, he's not signing with the Giants if he, they don't overpay him. Yeah, so I agree. And with... Uh, I've watched almost every single game over the past seasons that we haven't been great. Uh, I've seen a lot of things that we can improve on. And I think that the players we got this offseason, along with Kyle Rudolph, we didn't, Help that. we didn't talk about much. We will be a better team from what I've seen over these past frustrating seasons. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. Uh, little bias. It could be a B-plus, A-minus in that area. But I just think that we we desperately needed a second quarter because Isaac Idiom, he was a rookie last year. I still really like him. Darnay Holmes, I still really like. The wasting a first-round pick on DeAndre Baker who got arrested and now just, like, is some no-name. We can't, we need we needed a cornerback too, and I'm very happy with that. And Galladay, I'm very happy about too. We needed a receiver, one that could help Slayton and Shepard in their young years get better. I think that's an A minus, and I think that we will be very good this season. Not very good, but we will be a pretty good contender this season. Yeah, and I'm gonna give them a B plus or an A minus. I can't decide. I'm just gonna go with the B plus. But the reasoning for that is. I just feel like I don't know what it is. I just feel like what Dylan said we overpaid a little bit, and I still think we could have got uh, some of these free agents to sign even if we didn't overpay them that much. But uh, overall, it was a really good off season, 
and I'm, I'm happy with that. I think we're going to be contenders. Yeah, and now, contenders for the playoffs. Now we are done with our final draft grades for uh, most of the NFL teams that ruled free agency. Let's go on to the best signings of free agency. Who are your top three signings that you think really impact teams? All right. So, okay, first one. Uh, can I go? Uh, yeah, you can go. All right, I'm sorry. But the first one, I'm not going to be biased. I think it's Kenny Galladay. I just think he's such a – he's just such a, like – big player. He's just going to make plays for you. We've seen it in Detroit with a mediocre everything. But um the second one, I don't I don't know how to say this. I just say the whole Patriots just off season. I feel like that was just great cuz there's not one player that would be a great signing in that. I just feel like all of them together is just a great signing. Great signings. And final one, I think it's Probably Denver getting Justin Simmons, maybe. I'm probably missing out on someone I just forgot about, but yeah, I'd say that he's young, he's turning into a star. He's he's gonna be great in the near future. Yeah, I'd say in no particular order. Um, I definitely have to put Dak on there. Um Oh, I forgot about Dak. Yeah, probably Dak. Um they were like, Oh, we can go eight and eight with or without Dak. Well, when Dak got hurt. All Their defense was horrendous. Andy Dalton was throwing it to the other team. Uh, he couldn't hold on to the ball to save his life. The team fell apart on both sides of the field, and not just offensively. They made a bit of a comeback at the end of the season. But still, imagine with Dak, how many games um, he could change. And I think he absolutely... Um, changes a football game for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a great sign. Yeah, I think he's just a big playmaker. Just he makes big plays. He makes every play that. But the thing is, coming back from the ankle injury, how do you think he'll recover? Do you think he'll be just fine? Just fine. He's. Uh, it's not like he tore his ACL or tore his Achilles. Uh, this was a compound fracture. And looking into this, you're supposed to come back the same way as you just left. Uh, no mobility loss, no agility loss. Um, so that's at least an upside. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. this is an all-around great signing. And second on my list, still in the NFC East, is Kenny Galladay. I think that's a really good Giants. And it definitely frees up um, more in the draft. They could draft LaShawn Slater. They could draft a cornerback. Uh, they, they don't have to feel bound to drafting a wide receiver. And then my yeah. third signing, of course, is Justin Simmons. Uh, I did want the Cowboys to get him to improve our safety and secondary gang. Uh, but that's a great signing for the Denver Broncos, along with Von Miller. All right. Yeah, I think we could all agree on those three being a big, really big signings. And even if you let disagree, me, they're going to be tough I, up there. I have some signings that you guys didn't put in. No, I'm letting you. Number three is Galladay. Uh, I think we already talked about that. Number two. Hassan Reddick, one year, eight million to the Panthers. Mm. I think that Reddick. Nah, he's. I think that Reddick's a really, I mean, really good linebacker, and for the Panthers to improve their defense, that uh, McCaffrey coming off um, an injury, but uh, a lot more. They could draft the QB this year. I think the Panthers are going to be a pretty good team. Hassan Reddick, I think that was a great signing. And number one, Kyle Fuller to the Broncos. These are all one year mm. signings. Like they're, they're not yeah, MJ- staples of the team. Uh, like, and Jack, I agree that they're good signings, but they're not the type of level like Justin Simmons, Dak, Justin and Kenny Galladay. Those franchise. 
they might make them good for a year or so, but they're not going to change a franchise, um, like a sign mm-hmm. like Dak or Kenny Galladay would. Wait, Justin Simmons was one year though. What? I thought a franchise tag. I thought he got a franchise tag. Yeah, I know. That's one year. Anyway, really? so let's go on to the draft. Um, what are your predictions? Because there has been some madness created by the Dolphins, um, trading down to 49ers so they get the third pick. And Jimmy G is really nervous right now, somewhere in the somewhere in this world. And then they you guys back wanna... up with the Eagles for the sixth pick. Jack, it's a four-year deal. Wait, what? It's a four-year, sixty-one million deal. Oh, yeah. deal. Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I think that Justin Fields is a very good quarterback. I don't think that the Jets, the, the Jets should definitely take Zach Wilson, like we said. It starts at three. I think Garoppolo. They said they aren't trading him. Stop the cap, 49ers. I think that they are definitely going to get rid of him or have Jimmy G compete with a rookie quarterback. If a rookie quarterback in his first season in the NFL outplays Jimmy G, bye-bye. Jimmy G, I think you are in a very tough spot here, especially with a team like the 49ers where you you are surrounded by some good weapons. And if you if, if Justin Fields if, – if you guys draft Justin Fields and he outplays you in his rookie year, then you're gone. I completely agree. Justin Fields is a great yeah. signing, and I can definitely see him overtaking uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the first season if they don't come out of the gate strong. But if Jimmy yep. Garoppolo holds like he did on their Super Bowl run, then I don't think Justin Fields sees uh, the field, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Because you give him a year of experience learning behind one of the better quarterbacks in the league uh, and a more experienced one. Who learned from Tom Brady? Uh, you can see the Tom Brady tree already forming. Mm-hmm. And I just think Justin Fields could use a year or two uh, behind an NFL quarterback. He doesn't have to play the first snap uh, of his NFL career first year. Uh, mm-hmm. Number six, I think that the Dolphins are going to pass on Chase and go Devontae Smith. They were saying how they honestly think. Uh, Devontae Smith fits better with them. And I think them getting the sixth pick was a very smart move, especially gaining more draft picks. I think that they're going to get Devontae Smith and they got more draft picks. Basically, like them getting the same exact guy with more draft picks. And yeah. no top five team is taking a receiver. No top or running back. Well, obviously not running yeah, back. But like, running back. No yeah, top yeah. five team in this draft is taking a receiver. Uh, I'm honestly... Yeah, I'm, t- I'm sticking with it. The, the Devontae Smith will be the first receiver off the board with the with the, the Dolphins. Assist. Wow. Um, I somewhat agree with that. Uh, but I think they're definitely going to pick whoever's there. If Devontae Smith gets taken, they're taking Jamar Chase. If if yeah. Chase gets taken, they're taking Devonta Smith. Uh, it's either or. Because they're both I great. I definitely think they're taking a wide receiver just to help Tua. Uh, and to see if he's the man in the Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Eagles. What do you guys think about the Eagles? I, I'll, I'll go first. Eagles at 12. I don't honestly know. I think that they Yeah, might, it's a tough one. I think that they might go 
with J.C. Horn, cornerback from, Ooh. I think, South Carolina. I think that they were they were eyeing Sertain and Farley early in this draft. And they and if the Cowboys get a cornerback like Sertain, they're going to want to be like, oh, because I don't think any of the three receivers will be there or pits. I'm gonna I, if you're if you're like an Eagles fan or an Eagles manager or someone that works with the Eagles or is seeing like projecting what the Eagles are, you're thinking, oh, we need a corner badly because this is a loaded corner class, and if we traded our pick down and these three receivers aren't there, we're gonna need to draft a corner and make him yeah. one of our best corners early. Yeah. Especially because the NFC East just got loaded with wide receivers. It's projected to go late second round. That would be a, definitely a reach for the Eagles. Um, Wait, Jason Warren's not projected to go late second round. What the Eagles were is they wanted Kyle Pitts, but they knew he might not be there at number six. So they fell back to 12, and now maybe it's either Jalen Waddle or Michael. Yeah, I think Jalen Waddle's going to be there, and I think they're going to definitely pick him. Or they might Kyle Pitts at 12. Um, I think they're definitely going to go Parsons. Or an offensive threat just to match um, what the whole NFC East has been doing, uh, and give Jalen Hurts some uh, offense. Yeah, I could see that. I guess I think that J.C. Horn uh, possibly will be going there, but if he doesn't, then we don't know. Maybe we got Pitts or Waddle. But moving on, what do you? Uh, do you guys want to recap the NHL? We've never done that. I'll just do a quick recap on that. I'm sure I don't know much about it, but all right, uh, we'll see. So, uh, the Metropolitan Division, uh, this year is kind of a weird year in the NHL. They mixed up the divisions by, like, closest. So, the East Division is definitely way tougher. Capitals, Islanders, Penguins, Bruins, Flyers, Rangers, Devils, Sabres. But... Just, I'm kind of concerned about the Buffalo Sabres. They're, they've lost 17 straight, one game away from breaking the record. They're 6-23. and 23. It, it, Even though, even though you guys probably don't know much about the Sabres, what do you think? Any team in any sport, if you're 6-23, and 23, what do you think? What do you think you do? You're definitely. Make moves. You're tanked. I mean... <laughs> I'm getting a little glimpse of the Rockets here. Uh, I know they won last night, but 23 losses sounds comparable. Uh, but I'm really looking at the Lightning uh, leading their division with 34 wins. Um, they're playing- hey, look at 24 wins. 24 wins. Uh, they have thir- 24 yeah, so wins. They're playing really good hockey right now, and I feel like they can go really far. Yeah, they could. They won the cup last year. But um, for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, they they were coming off a very tough – they played very great in the postseason last year. But Carter Hart, they pulled him up from the AHL, basically like the minors in baseball or the junior league in basketball. They pulled him up. And he has just been terrible. The Flyers have their biggest struggle has been goaltending. They're three, six, and one their last ten. Carter Hart, they might have to move him back down. They lost. They they've allowed in their last six games eight goals to the Rangers, five goals, four goals to the Devils, six goals to the Islanders, nine goals to the Rangers, four goals to the Rangers, three goals to the Islanders. They're having a really tough time right now. And 
they're fourth in the division, and the Devils and Rangers are just trailing behind them. And to be honest with you, if the Flyers keep this up, they are going down, down, down. Carter Hart's moving back to the AHL, and they're going to need a serious, serious conversation on who's going to go with them. Yeah, the West Division, the, yeah. Uh, the Golden Knights, uh, of course, a new team that uh, really made a splash their first year. And for anyone uh, that is, you know, not that familiar with new teams in sports, they don't usually do well. Flashing back to the 1960s Mets, they lost like 130 games their first season. Uh, and there's 160 games in Major League Baseball. That is really, really bad. But the Golden Knights really have a good future. Yeah, they do. And especially with the um, the uh, uh, expansion draft where I think uh, oh, I, if I'm so correct so with the expansion draft, each team has to put a couple players in the pool for the Golden Knights to form a team. But for this um, – for the playoffs, the four best teams from each division make the playoffs. And oh, the okay. tightest division right now is the North. Uh, Probably the Mass Mutual. East. No, the North Division. Maple Leafs led by Austin Matthews. Oilers. Leon Dreitseidel and Connor McDavid. Two, the the two of the best Russian. players. What am I reading? Uh, two of the best players in the National Hockey League. Great duo. If. Uh, if the Oilers put Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid on the same line, they will be better than the Maple Leafs. They're only trailing by one game. Uh, Oilers are twenty-one, thirteen, and one. Maple Leafs are twenty-two, ten, and two. So, if the Maple Leafs, if if Matthews, Matthews, I think is better than Leon Draisaitl, but if Leon Draisaitl goes onto the same line. As McDavid, I think that they're going to be the top team in the North Division, and they're going to get the. Uh, I think that them and the Vegas Golden Knights will be fighting for the West number one seed. Definitely, it is going to be a great uh, NHL postseason. Who brings, the, uh, who brings home that Stanley Cup, uh, and who will be the victor? But now to wrap it up, let's do a, our final five minutes on Jersey Tour. Uh, the new segment that we hey. about podcasts ago. Um, All right. Um, I got so my Justin Jefferson jersey came about a week or two, uh, two or three weeks ago. Uh, I wore it a couple times. It's really nice. And uh, Justin Jefferson, we talked about we wrapped, we talked about a lot about this uh, in the podcast. But you definitely have to get these new young jersey, uh, these new players that are uh, not faceless, right, but are like valuable assets. That are like young superstars in the making, and another um, and like and another reason why is just because like in in a couple years you you're gonna be like wow you had this deficit when you were a rookie. Let's look at how we made like four straight Pro Bowls or something like that. Like, you, like Dylan, I know you got that Herbert jersey. Like if Herbert and Jefferson, I think they were the two best rookies. This, this year, and our two best offensive rookies this year, and if they're like the face of their franchise and the reasons why these franchises are going to have a chance at making the playoffs and winning. That you you're going to need you're going to want these jerseys more than a player like Le'Veon Bell, who has been great for a while but pretty washed. You're going to want these players I think they're, that are rookies or going into their front. Yeah, definitely. And and the type that has been trending is the half and half. Uh, for example, you have half the jersey Ooh. as the player's college team that they were really good on and half the jersey on their team that they're on right now. 
Uh, this usually occurs for young players, um, like John Morant or Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball didn't go to college. Oh, you mean NBA? Um, I oh, I think a lot, and I think I'm buying into it. Uh, the John Morant ones are really awesome, uh, especially with the Zion ones. They work really well. Uh, keep an eye out. Yeah, and one jersey, or no, multiple jerseys I have are the NBA earned jerseys. Uh, a couple of them I really, really, really enjoy are the Denver Nuggets. Those are so clean. You have to look them up. Earned NBA jerseys. They get them if you made the playoffs last year. You get their own jerseys. Um, it might be a tradition, but the Denver Nuggets earned jerseys. So look, it looks so good. Then the Pacers, I mean, pinstripes, amazing. Yeah, the Bucks. Um, the Bucks design on the jerseys, amazing. And a couple more that you might like are like the Sixers with like LaBelle, and then uh, the Nets try to do like a um, subway station, but they're all super, super clean, and I, I like them. A couple of them went too far, like the Heat made a yellow and blue jersey, kind of looks like a Pacers jersey. Pretty ugly, but these jersey overall are straight. And one, so and nice. one jersey that uh, that are trending up are the NBA City jerseys. I am, mm-hmm. I am totally into the Buzz City um, Hornets jersey Buzz City. and the MLK um, Atlanta Hawks one. I love mm-hmm. that Atlanta Hawks jersey, and um, I got my Miami Vice one. That one's really nice and. Some of these, then these jerseys, NBA City, they're, most of them are pretty new, and that uh, these jerseys are going to be very popular in a, in a few years. Yeah, so let's talk, uh, yeah, wrap they're... up this segment and the episode. Um, let's talk about MLB. Uh, they have the Players Weekend, where they have every player's nickname uh, on the back, and they have cool jerseys. It's awesome. It's a really fun time uh, around the Little League World Series, uh, where that would take place. So I would definitely recommend getting some of the more fun players' jerseys on your back uh, because it's not just their name. It's their nickname. Uh, for example, Didi Gregorius was always Sir Didi. Uh, Aaron Judge had Rise Up on the back. It's really cool. And I would also invest in a Cardinals jersey. The red and how many young uh, players they have uh, is absolutely Yep. Uh so thank you guys for listening to our podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Always DM us on Instagram or uh, I guess if you guys know us, just text us or call us or anything. Um, thank you guys for listening. And um, if you have any suggestions, uh, let us know. Thank